Welcome to another 11 Mile Sessions Live. I am your host, Scott Bowright. Uh, the final show of the year, isn't it? Wow, time has flown in 2023. As always, we got some great videos coming up in the next hour. And at 7 o'clock, we have Dahmer's Breakfast. Going to do a live performance for, for us, and we're going to talk about things. So why don't we get started? Um, we got three bands that are going to be playing at the Sanctuary. That's tomorrow night. That's in Hamtramck. Doors at 7. It's going to be the Wan Band, W-A-U-N. That features Jeremy Wan, who uh, has been in various bands, including, I believe, Wolf Eyes at one time. But anyway, uh, playing along with um, Masha Maraja. Um, she's in, she was in a band called The Octopus. I believe she still is. I couldn't find a solo video of her, so I'm just going to do The Octopus so you get an idea of what you're going to be in store for tomorrow and then earth engine so why don't we start out with the wand band and this is recorded live at the loving touch uh april 7th earlier this year and we'll go from there
engine. Welcome to Prince Night. We're gonna play two Prince songs for you. You ready? Uh, disclaimer, I'm very, very drunk, so that's why this is so sloppy. I've even got words, guys. I never do this. We have like two...
in brass and bathing with a magazine. She said, How'd you like to waste some time? And I could not resist when I saw you. time doing a couple of Prince songs. I Would Die For You and Darling Nikki. That was recorded at the Loving Touch in Ferndale. Before that, The Octopus with Unholy Mountain at the Hamtramck Labor Day Festival a few years back. Uh, that's Masha Marija on uh, vocals. I couldn't find um, a solo video of hers, like I said, but this gives you an idea of what you're in store for uh, tomorrow night. And we started off with the Wan Band, W-A-U-N, and that was also recorded live at the Loving Touch this past April, April 7th. All three of them are going to be playing the Sanctuary in Hamtramck, formerly Paychecks, and doors are at 7. Right now, 
We have some bands that are going to be playing at the Lager House tomorrow night. Bourbon Squirrel, By the Willow, and Strange Witch. Couldn't find a video for Strange Witch, but we can at least do these two. And again, that's at the Lager House in Corktown tomorrow, doors at 8. Let's start out with Bourbon Squirrel. And this is recorded live at the Outer Limits in Hamtramck. What goes around comes around. concert submission. This song is called You'll Always Stay.
so long my love I'll stay and wait till you're back in my arms till then make friends they'll come
All right. That was By the Willow with a track called You'll Always Stay. Before that, Bourbon Squirrel, recorded live at Outer Limits. Both those bands are going to be playing with another band called Strange Witch, and that's at the Lager House, and doors are at 8. That's tomorrow night. Got a really good rock and blue show happening now. This is Saturday at the same place, the Lager House in Corktown on Michigan Avenue. Tino G's Dumpster Machine, they've been around a long time. The Fireworkers. Um, that's a great band. And McKinley James is going to be coming back. He's been here a couple times in the last year. He's actually, um, I think he's based out of Tennessee, but he's a blues artist. So before you, you know, have these ideas in your head, he's not, um, country, he's not singer songwriter. He's actually a blues artist, a young prodigy that's been at it for a while. He's, he's in his twenties now, but when he started, he was barely a teenager. So he's been really refining his chops, if you will. But that's that's going to be a great triple bill. It's going to be Tino G's Dumpster Machine, the Firewalkers, and McKinley James. So why don't we start out with Tino G's band. This is one of their videos, and this is a track called I Don't Want to Go.
Fuck that shit. That was the Lowcox with Doo-Wop. They're going to be playing with a couple other bands, Fit Valve and State at the Regal Beagle. That's in Ypsilanti. That's Saturday, doors at 8. And before that, of course, you saw the Firewalkers and Tino G's Dumpster Machine playing the Lager House, Saturday, doors at 7. We're going to finish off with four videos. All these bands are going to be at Smalls and Hamtramck. On Saturday, Doors at 7, Moonwreckers, Cosmic Sons, Glass Chimera, and Carbon Decoy. Uh, great bands. You're going to be uh, definitely rocked that evening. We're going to start off with Moonwreckers. Then we're going to go to Cosmic Sands. After that, Glass Chimera and Carbon Decoy to finish off the hour. Stick around. 7 o'clock, we have Dahmer's Breakfast live in the studio. So let's do this one, Moon Wreckers, with a track called Coping.
All right. 11 Mile Sessions Live. It is uh, about 7 o'clock, according to the clock. <laughs> and you know what that means. It's time for a live performance. And in the studio with me, I have Dahmer's Breakfast. Good evening. Good evening. How are you this evening? Good. How about yourself? Yeah. So we were talking about it earlier before we started uh, the interview. You, we've recovered from Christmas. We're kind of rested up. Now we're preparing for the new year. You got any major plans? Not really. Not really? Going to take it easy, probably stay off the road, stay away from all the other idiots? Yeah. <laughs> ah, hey, as long as you um, you start the year with somebody that matters to you, good friend, relative, whatever, that's all that matters, right? Yep. Okay. So you got some songs for us. We're going to talk about uh, your material and how you got here and what's going on. Uh, what would you like to start out with? I'm going to start out with uh, the newest song I wrote called Adult Pubescence. <laughs> All right, take it away. All right. Well, I haven't wrote a song in some time. I have... Wait, can I restart? I... It's too loud in these things. <laughs> okay. Right. Better off that way? Yeah, if that's okay. All right, that's All right. cool. Well, I haven't wrote a song. Okay, sorry about that. Is that better? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, take two. Alright, take two. Well, have a round in some time. Have a song because good night around. Scheme to get it going, got nothing to show in. Can't see the voice cracks, my mind no tracks. Big team, best to be scared to let you all see what's been going on. fast on me. <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit about that track. I mean, I guess a lot of us can get the uh, gist of what you were uh, singing about there. Yeah, I've been um, in the last few months taking testosterone, which has been changing my voice and it's been harder to sing. So for, I, for a while, I haven't been going out to open mics and things like that. So I wrote this song so that I would have an explanation for that when I do now that I'm back out mm -hmm. um, trying to perform more in the public again. Okay, so people that have seen you before obviously go, hmm, something's different. <laughs> yeah, so some of my songs, it's, uh, when I practice them, it's, I, it's just this cracking sound that comes out, so I've been readjusting and kind of, mm -hmm. some of them are sounding a little more monotone now. It's, somebody mm -hmm. said, oh, it's just, it's, it's something new now, and I was like, well, hopefully it will be something better on the other end, but right now I just got to work with it every day. It's a little different. Oh, it sounds like you've been through uh, the most of it as far as that goes. So um, when you say cracking, was it similar to like um, 
if you will, like when uh, the average uh, male becomes starts to go through puberty and your voice was cracking, it would get a little high-pitched without warning, that kind of thing, but then it would suddenly get deeper. Was it similar to that? Uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's the exact same thing, really. Like, uh, I'll try to sing something that's high up and nothing comes out, or I'll just be talking day to day and it's just, just some unpleasant sound comes out. Yeah, and then the next mm-hmm. next sentence is all deep and whatever. But it's starting to calm down now and back to, you know. So uh, I would imagine you consciously decided not to play for a while because of that, huh? Yeah, well, I've been trying to play through it, um, and it is starting. I'm starting to get used to it more and be able to work with it. But for a while, it was really frustrating because I knew how to sing my own songs, especially mm-hmm. in such a way my voice always sounded the same to me. So it was really frustrating at first for a few months, and it is starting to settle out a little bit. But it's still uh, cracking and making weird sounds at times. Mm-hmm. Ah, this too shall pass, right? Yeah. So, uh, okay. Um, do you think that uh, you'll be writing more songs about uh, the whole transformation in the future? Or I think so. I, I'm, hopefully I'm going to put out an EP in the spring. I always like to put out music in the spring, and this mm-hmm. song will definitely be on there, and I'm hoping to write a few more to document this time, I guess, that mm-hmm. will fit into that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's really nice. I mean, I imagine a lot of people would be interested in um, getting a firsthand, like, shall we say, um, I don't know, I don't know if a diary would be a good word for it because that's more personal. But just for other people that might be thinking about it in the future, you know, wondering what it's like, you know, and you can kind of give them a heads up. Yeah, this is what you're going through. Yeah. Would you say, you know, like anything in this life, I would imagine there are probably some downsides to going through this, like things that are kind of negative. I don't know if you want to talk about anything, yeah. but I'm just curious, you know. Uh, there's definitely been some negatives so far. That I really, there's a line in the song that says, I think, um, be a worse than ever, no matter what the weather. Mm-hmm. And that's been really true. I, I just got this new deodorant that's supposed to last 72 hours uh-huh. and it's uh, a necessity. <laughs> it's been bad. Ah, so you're smelling more like a man every day, man. Yeah, <laughs> having some rage too. Apparently, that settles out after a while. But I think I'm still in the in the rage era. I really understand why uh, those high school guys were punching walls and things. Hmm. And <laughs> haven't done that yet, but um, starting to understand how it happened. You know, it's too bad that all of us couldn't do that. I, I would say that it would save a lot of marriages. It, hypothetically, of course. I know you. they probably will never be able to come up with something like that. But could imagine if a husband just couldn't understand his wife or vice versa. And they could take some kind of like shots or whatever just long enough to go through the, the opposite person's, you know, viewpoint and say, oh, now I understand it. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah. And I actually think with that rage one that um, p- people talk about not being able to cry anymore mm-hmm. when they start taking it, which I, I used to cry all the time and I really can't now. And I think the emotions just sit in you different. So I think for somebody maybe going the other way to understand how that mm-hmm. a different kind of a range of emotions is experienced and yeah, might save some fights in a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've my uncle, um, my great uncle, he had, he was, he wasn't the wisest man, you know, in the world, but he did have something to say that I thought was still wise to this day. He said, men and women are, are not equal. They are different. And what he meant by that is it doesn't mean that 
there are women out there that can't do certain things better than men that are normally, you know, assigned to men and vice versa. But men and women are not exactly the same. We think differently, we act differently, and we, you know, our viewpoints are different. And, you know, for a guy who just worked the assembly line at an automotive plant, I thought that was pretty wise. Yeah. You know, it's just like you don't understand. It's like, yeah, you know, just just because, you know, you're, you think this way, you think it's, you know, well, how come you can't think that way? Or how come you can't feel that way? Well, we're made differently. Mm-hmm. And what's what I find interesting is you get to experience both sides. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that's going to give you a lot of material for a long time to come, isn't it? It might, yeah. Anyway. We'll I, see how it all goes. Yeah, I guess we, sh- we should move on. Um, uh, what do you have for us now? Um, to follow that one, I thought it's only appropriate to sing a song about my vagina. So this one is Ode to My Yeast Infection. It's uh, one of my number one hits. <laughs> This is an ode to my yeast infection Because it just won't go away I've tried Fucanazole, I've tried it all Even a seven day Cream that I shot up my cooter That leaked out all night long I ate yogurt, those probiotics Maybe something is seriously wrong Because it won't stop itching and burning And I gave it to my partner too Curse these fucking vaginas And the candida that they grew Perhaps it's stuck on my menstrual cup Maybe the boiling just wasn't enough And I feel like I'm gonna erupt From this here sensitive mouth So this is an Ode to my yeast infection I guess I'll change the cotton underwear Oh, an ode to my vagina Maybe it's itchy because of hair Yes, an ode to my yeast infection I'll have to scratch another day Please go away, yeast infection I don't want you to stay You caught me off guard again (laughs) I thought there was another uh, chorus or something But okay (laughs) A lot of my songs are short (laughs) Yeah Well, I guess, you you know, you should quit while you Well, when you know that you've said everything you have to say in that category (laughs) Yeah (laughs) All right, so is there ever going to be an ode to the vagina as in you miss it, or? <laughs> well, I've still got it, so. <laughs> um, I, I haven't had a yeast infection in a while, though, luckily. Mm-hmm. You know, I is it okay if I ask this? Because I have to admit I'm ignorant in this, ca- in, in this particular situation. Um, most, I know it was different um, years ago, decades ago. Somebody would actually just simply get a sex change operation. That's what people talked about. It wasn't really so much taking uh, drugs or testosterone or what's the other one? I'm drawing a blank. Um, Estrogen. Estrogen. Thank you. Um, But just getting the actual operation. Today in 2023, how does that work? I mean, when you go from one gender to another, do they still um, go through the whole process? They remove everything from the other gender and add on whatever should be for the one you're transferring to or... 
Um, it's personal preference if you want to go through with all that and if you can afford to and things because it can be expensive. But um, yeah. there are in Michigan to get your gender marker changed on your ID and stuff. You don't need to go through with a, any surgeries, but there are states where that's a, a legal requirement to change okay. the marker on your ID. So it really depends on where you live. Mm-hmm. And then um, I guess it would depend on the preference. I guess I would imagine there's some people that prefer to keep both. You're able to do that and have it work out, you know? Uh, I, I honestly, I don't know if you can keep both. I don't know well, how that I, works. I, I'm asking. I, I guess I, I probably should have thought maybe you don't know the exact answer to that. But it is something that I just wonder about sometimes. I mean, from a curiosity point of view, not like, you know, what the hell. So Yeah, I, I, Google might be able to tell you about that. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Well, it's like, so, you know, most people, all they talk about is the identity part, but most people don't talk about the other part. Yeah. But there's got to be a, a re, you know, I guess for you specifically, what is your reason for the transformation? Is it mostly because that's how you feel more comfortable or is there just things that you prefer with the transformation? Um, um, it's, it's how I've always seen myself. So I think I just want other people to see me that way. Mm-hmm. And even if you ask them to, um, they don't always. So if I will look a different way, hopefully, then I don't have to explain things. They'll, you know, even at how short I am one day, if I have a, a beard or something, then they'll just be <laughs> like, okay, that's a man, you know? <laughs> It'll just go by them. I find that interesting, though. I tell people about this. If you ever watch uh, streaming shows, particularly on Netflix, and on Netflix, they have a lot of um, shows like based out of um, South America and France. And there are people that are clearly, you can tell, were one gender at at a at one point in their life, but now they're the other one. And in these particular shows, in these stories, these movies, it's not brought up at all. It has nothing to do with the plot. It has nothing to do with what's going on. Everybody just does whatever the story requires. Yeah, best kind of way for it to be, I think. That's That's what you're hoping for, right? You know, that would be great. That would be nice when we can all get past it, beyond it, and just move on and do what we really want to do. Just try to pay the bills, feed our families. Make some music. Make some music. That That's number one. Make some music and, and just love each other. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, how do you... Um, how do you outdo that last one? What do you have for us? Uh, I, I can't say this one outdoes the last one. I'm going to reach over really quick and grab a capo. But the next one is called CIA in My Head, which was a song that I wrote early on in COVID when I was just paranoid about all sorts of things for whatever reason. I think uh, <laughs> being inside too much had me a little freaked out. Okay. Well, I think a lot of us went just a little bit on the crazy side in different categories for different reasons. Um, they, they, it's one of the hardest things for any human to go through. It's one of the things that uh, they, people that are astronauts have to train themselves. It's like, look, you're going to be all by yourself for months with no contact whatsoever with other living creatures. I can't even imagine doing that. Yeah. I, I think what we went through with COVID was more than enough. What do you think? I'd say so. I, I don't think, um, I appreciate my alone time, but I don't think that we're built to be completely isolated. No, we're social creatures, hence music. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's this one called? CIA in my head. Okay. <laughs> 
So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, where did the name come from? When did you think calling yourself Dahmer's Breakfast? Um, well, it's my last name on, you know, since I was born and stuff. And Your birth name, yes. Yeah, my birth name. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where breakfast came from. I think uh, I thought it would be funny for some reason. I can't remember. It was a couple of years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if it is funny, and it's maybe a terrible thing to say, but it's, you know, too, music is out under it now, and I know people remember it, so I'm sticking with it. Yeah. So, to be honest, you really did have Jeffrey in mind when you came up with that name? or? I think the, the breakfast part, but I, I think part of what I was thinking was more it's my own, my songs are kind of like what I'm consuming and then putting back out, but I think that it was sort of, he was definitely in mind. I know people will think of him because they don't know that's my name, mm-hmm. but um, people have been making Dahmer jokes my whole life, so I have to have a So he was in grade humor. school, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what one thing I tell people is I've been looking up, um, if you think I'm fucked up, it's because I was looking up these things too early because people, I didn't know who he was and I was in like fourth grade, like Googling Jeffrey Dahmer and whatever, and then... You find all sorts of things. So, what did you think when you first discovered who Jeffrey was? I was I was scared because I thought that like we had a connection, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I hope I am not an evil person. <laughs> so, I, I'm now I believe that I'm not, but I think for a while I thought that I might be because of that. Mm-hmm. So, 
I could see that. Had to be a little traumatic, I would think, for a moment anyway. Yeah. <laughs> when the show came out two, uh, a year or two ago, it was really disturbing. I don't know if you saw the, the show on Netflix about him, but... That was a good show. It was a well-made show. It was a very well-made show. It really... Um, I learned it, it being so sensationalized. It was like extra disturbing, I think, and it was in everybody's mind then. And that's when I started being like, mm, maybe not. Maybe I should change Dahmer's breakfast. But here I am. So. Well, a lot of people were like offended by it, and you know they were complaining about it. But um, they missed the whole point of the show. The show was basically about the um, the mindset back then. You know, people were not taking the crimes he was doing seriously, they weren't even investigating them because of the the, the people that he was targeting. You know, it's like, oh, well, he, he's just killing homosexuals, so who cares? Big deal, you know? If, if that had happened like today, they would have jumped on it a lot faster, and Jeffrey probably wouldn't have had as many victims as he ended up having over that time. It took where he practically had to do it in front of them before people said, oh, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. You yeah. Know? And, you know, it's sad. It's, it's like the same thing with AIDS. I mean, I go back far enough where even just the average people, I mean, people I considered nice people, decent people, would still say, well, that, that serves them right for having sex, you know. That, that that was their whole mindset. Gay people were dying from AIDS. Well, that, that'll teach them to have sex with each other. And, you know, that, that, that's what that whole show was about, really. It was calling attention to the fact that, no, that w- there was something wrong with the way society looked at that stuff back then. And it almost contributed to him being able to get, get away with it for so long. Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah. I remember when, you know, it was actually happening. And, you know, every once in a while you would, you know, you'd find out about his his latest victim because they didn't catch him right away. You know, again, they weren't putting the 100% effort into it. You know, one could definitely argue. Now, if he was targeting, you know, young college girls, you know, especially if their families had any kind of money, you better believe they would have pulled out all the stops and they would have every person available to investigate it. But because it was that type of situation, they said, well, you know, if we find something, we find something. If we don't, oh, well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a very good good show. I, I forgot the gentleman's name, but he's the one that's an American Horror Story. In the different seasons, if you ever watched those, yeah, I think his name is Evan Peters. That's he, it. He was a, a good cast for that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. Of course, he's had a lot of years to find his chops as far as acting like somebody that isn't quite right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, enough of that, I guess. Uh, but um, it's it's kind of a. I think today we can kind of like chuckle at it, and um, you know, people can uh, look at it. Either way, the breakfast thing itself or the Dahmer thing. But um, when did you start writing songs? When did you first, and was it about the experiences you're writing about now, or how did that start? Um, I started writing songs when I was in high school. Um, and I, w- I was telling you off the air earlier about the first song I ever wrote about my dream at the time to be a trash collector. Yeah. It sounded like an exciting job to me, <laughs> and I heard that they had great benefits, so... <laughs> Hey. Uh, that was my first song, and uh, I don't know how many years ago that was. I'm, I'm pretty young, so it wasn't an incredibly long time ago. But right, right. Um, 
I started off, yeah, writing those songs, and I still use pretty simple chords, but simpler chords, just sort of whatever was on mm. my mind at the time. Yeah. And my songs were a little more random back then. I might get to sing them depending on our time. A few of those earlier songs I wrote, but now I think they're a little more specific and a direct story mm-hmm. than when I first started. Okay. That's got to be nice, though, to be able to work through things that you're thinking about, wondering about, or dealing with. You know, music can be so therapeutic and so um, cathartic, if you will. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that uh, happens for you? Definitely. I think sometimes at the end of writing a song, I know more about myself, for sure. And especially looking back on those ones I wrote when I was 15 and 16, I'm, I feel like I had no clue what I was talking about at the time, but now it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. thinking about myself then. And it's nice to have those little um, moments recorded for myself to look back on. So speaking of, um, if somebody wants to check your songs out, uh, what are the different places they can go? Where's the best place to look for it or listen to it? Uh, Most places, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Napster, and those other ones that people don't use much anymore. Napster? (laughs) You managed to get on there before it went away? (laughs) Yeah. Did it go away? Oh, I don't know. I haven't heard about it in so long. I just assumed it was gone. It's like MySpace, you know? It's like... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, the last three years I've been uh, licensing my music through something called Song Trader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they release it for me once I do the putting my name in a bunch of times and signing stuff. They release it for me to Apple Music, Spotify, and a bunch of other lesser known streaming services. Is that kind of like a publishing type of thing that you're talking about, Song Trader? Yeah, I think it was um, it was free to do through there if anybody listening is interested in publishing their music. Oh, okay. um, they'll license it and publish it through there. And mm-hmm. it, uh, two weeks later, after you upload it, if there's no copyright issues, it'll be out on all the platforms. Okay. And do you get any kind of like money from it, compensation? or? Yes, I have made $11.11 in the last three years. A combo meal McDonald's. Yeah. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big bucks. Still not rich yet, but you're working on it. Yeah, getting there. <laughs> okay, so, uh, and obviously we just talked about you have YouTube videos, so they can definitely check you out there, Dahmer's Breakfast. Um, do you have any uh, plans on uh, releasing anything physically, like a CD or vinyl or anything at all like that? Or um, I burn CDs at my house. If anybody ever wants a CD, just reach out to me through... Uh, maybe Instagram is the best place if you don't have my phone number. Uh, mm-hmm. Dahmer's Breakfast on Instagram, or I don't have a Facebook, so I guess you'd have to reach out there. And I can always burn a CD and create a little slip for it. And every time I've released a, an album, I've had a vinyl made for myself, but it's like a hundred dollars. So I think mass ordering. I don't have the demand at this point, but hopefully, mm. when I do in the future, I'll do something like that. It would be cool. Okay. So imagine, um, do you have any available like when you perform live? I usually bring some CDs. Yeah. So they're kind of like modern mixtapes, kind of, but your material. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we do another one? All right. The next one is going to be the history of cannibalism. Now there's the Je- the um, Jeffrey coming out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's a story I've got for you. The history of cannibalism. First thing to know, it's long been wrapped up in racism. When Queen Isabella sent Columbus sailing across the ocean blue, she banned enslavement to spread religion, but one rule was made new. 
Only violent cannibals can be enslaved and used for free labor. That's right, quote. Columbus took this on his own terms and stole for his own favor. All the while, back home in Europe, Isabella and all the others took their special medicine that had all healing powers. Mummy is what it was called, dug up from the grave. Offered medicinally until 1924, they started eating their dead enslaved. Now back to Christopher Columbus and his travel to far land. He docked in the Caribbean, his name's a bit offhand. Carib translates to cannibal, Caribbean means sea of them. Pope Innocent IV joined the queen to decide who to condemn. Cannibals by brute force, that's okay, you say look in the mirror. Transubstantiation had already begun, now there's something to fear. The literal eating of Christ's body, we do this every week. How about now with people eating placentas and is considered chic? Cannibalism is found on every continent, in many species too. Orb weavers, you already know, cannibalism's nothing new. When rats have too many babies to feed, they just eat. Forgive me, but I do find it kind of amusing. You have, you know, kind of like that John Denver sound, but it's you're singing about cannibalism. <laughs> it's like, how do those two come together like that? <laughs> well, I mean, I hope for it to be amusing. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is. Um, have you ever played uh, for any audiences or anywhere where people just were like, not just... Um, confused, but like what the, you know, maybe didn't take to it the way you would like them to take to it? Yeah, anytime I play somewhere that's like a, a coffee shop or where there's food, the people don't like it. They're like, no. You know, if, if you're in a bar or something and people are walking around or they went for the music, but I find like I played at um, Drifter Coffee in Ferndale and a couple of the Ferndale Project, both those places, the people were not having it. No, okay. <laughs> And, you know, it's nobody's fault. It just wasn't to their taste, you know. You, but you've learned over time, like, the places that are, you know, appropriate for what you want to present to the audience. Or I, I shouldn't say appropriate, but accepted by the audience, I guess. Yeah, usually uh, if, if kids are there, it's probably not the place. No, I, I, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. At all, you, know? you don't want to traumatize them too young. Right. <laughs> Got to be at least 14 or 15. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I know about one of them, but um, any live performances coming up in the near future? Uh, the next one is Through You in the Corktown Music Festival. Okay, I don't have it right in front of me. I know it's at Corktown Tavern. Uh, Corktown Music Fest is happening, of course, Friday, March 29th, Saturday, March 30th. Two days, a uh, $20 wristband gets you in to see uh, whatever acts you want to check out at Corktown Tavern, Nancy Whiskey and the Gaelic League going to be about 60 bands playing that weekend, and it goes to an organization, MI-UCP, which helps the disabled. So I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. You should remember. Uh, is it uh, Friday night you're playing? Or Saturday the Saturday? 30th. Saturday the 30th, and I know it's an early um, slot, I think around 7, 7.30, something like that. 
Yep. So if you, you go to bed early, you can still make it. Yeah, there you go. Well, I've I found that it, as time has gone on, even since I started doing these festivals a few years ago, you can't hold them as late as you used to. Uh, ever since the pandemic, people aren't coming out and staying out as late as they used to. Uh, some people even, it's not even so much they want to go home and go to bed. It's like they want to go home and stream at least one show before they yeah. go to bed. <laughs> I hate to admit, sometimes I'm one of those people. I don't I don't stay out as late as I used to before the pandemic. Yeah, so usually midnight at the latest, it's, okay, I'm done, I'm going home. Yeah. Whereas just a few years ago, I mean, people, you put on a big enough festival, they, they would stay till closing time, but not anymore. So maybe that's a good thing, I guess. You know, I don't know. But... Uh, it's just weird how thing, how much things have changed. You know, when I was young, even well into my 30s, you know, you still went out late. You know, you went out late on the weekend at least and mm-hmm. Thursday too because, you know what, I can be hungover on Friday. It doesn't matter. All I got to do is make it through the day and I'm good. But now it's like it doesn't matter what night of the week it is. People just don't want to be out there that late. They don't want to go to bed that late unless they're staring at the the – phone or the computer or whatever it is yeah (laughs) so anyway um yeah so look for that that's going to be march 30th saturday i'll be talking about that many times between now and then of course then you can find out on Dahmer breakfast uh instagram i'm sure you'll have posts about that coming up in the future yep and anything else that's going on of course all right what would we uh like to do now um, I'm going to sing a song called Earth for Now that's a little bit less of a story also. This is one of the earlier ones I wrote. Earth's tile of place with nothing on it. We're all just specks floating around in a dark pit trying to comprehend the universe. will make you go, oh, shit. You know, Earth's just a tiny little place with nothing on it. Everyone's living their own life while you're living yours. If they live a different doesn't mean we call them whores. Be a decent person and remember to always open doors. Remember everyone's living their own life or living yours. Life can be hard and people take some rough falls. That's when they go and start drinking alcohol. You never know what's going on so always give your friends a call. Life can be hard and people take some rough falls. You've only explored about 5% of the ocean. Atlantis could be down there in a whole bunch of things with fins. If you discover it, a Nobel Prize you might win. It's scary, we've only explored 5% of the ocean. People go out and they find themselves a lover. They express it by shoving body parts in each other. But you gotta be careful unless you want to become a mother. And so people go out and go find yourselves a lover. Childbirth is the grossest thing that happens every day. You don't really have to worry about this if you're gay. But if you want to, you can go and find another way. Childbirth is the grossest thing that happens every day. People smoke weed when they want to have a good time. But you gotta be careful because some place is still a crime. You know it's hard to get anywhere on a dime. 
right. So, do you have any heroes, people that inspired you to pick up the guitar or uh, play? Um, I started originally playing the guitar when I was pretty small, and I just thought it was a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. I was probably 10 when I got my first guitar, and um, I wasn't as consistent then. I probably didn't start playing more consistently until high school, and I started listening to um, like the Moldy Peaches and Jeffrey Lewis and mm-hmm. anti-folk bands where people's voices didn't have to be good. Mm-hmm. So that really uh, spoke to me because they were telling me sing song stories and they didn't have a beautiful voice and yeah. doing things like that that I thought were going to be capable for me because I've never had much of a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, of course, uh, that that would be one way that somebody would describe what you do anti-folk. And uh, I am familiar with Jeffrey Lewis. And um, how did you discover that? Where did you run into that? On YouTube. I found um, a Jeffrey Lewis song on YouTube somewhere. I, I have no clue how. So you, you didn't hear about him and search him out, but you just accidentally just ran across it and said, hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it was, um, I don't know what song it was, but I, I came across it. I know it was from his album the last time I did Acid, I Went Insane. Okay. <laughs> and I I loved the, the artwork on it and the song was like, it was so beautiful and his voice was so beautiful to me and mm-hmm. I, I don't know, kept listening to all his songs. Have you ever checked out his uh, comic book art? I have. I do. I have a couple of his comic books I bought from him at a show. Yeah? So mm-hmm. you got to meet him, at least say hi and how you doing? Yeah, actually, he played at um, Max Bar in Lansing and before I sent him an email and asked him to get lunch with me, which was politely declined. <laughs> But he did talk to me at the show, and he was super nice. And then um, I saw him at the Logger House, I think, last year. Okay. That seems to be where he plays usually. I've noticed when he does come into town. I did get to um, interview him. Uh, nice guy, but definitely very different. Yeah. I like that about him. <laughs> yeah. Well, we used to call it eccentric. That's how you would describe somebody like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm glad that there's people out there that can... You know, maybe tell stories that aren't the norm or, you know, what everybody is into. Um, one of the things I don't like about music nowadays in any category, any genre, is it's, it's too repetitive. Everybody's always worried about what can I do that everybody's going to love, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's always been that way. I mean, most musicians want their stuff to be popular. They want to sell records. They want to have people, you know, want to see them play. But... When that becomes the only driving force, I think it it, bas- it diminishes the art, if you will. You know, you can tell when something's done from the heart, you know. Right. So, all right. Why don't we continue? All right. The next song I'm going to sing is called Proverbs 2611. And if you, if you don't know the Bible, like most people don't look this one up because it's a pretty funny verse. <laughs> Something about... Um, A dog licking up his vomit, so I'll get to it in the song. Didn't give it a second thought 
Inspired by a verse in the Bible, huh? Yeah. <laughs> does it actually mention a dog and vomit? It does. It's, uh, I don't know it word for word or else I will just quote it, but it's something about um, doing the same thing over and over, and then it mentions a dog going to lick up his vomit. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I, I have to be honest, I don't know a lot about Bible verse. I mean, I've, I've read it on and off when I was younger, but I never... Baba, to memorize or recite anything, if you will. Are you fairly familiar with the Bible, or is it just that one thing that you came across and like, hmm? I can't pull a lot of um, quotes, but I went to Catholic school for a long time, so I studied the Bible and talked about the Bible, but I don't know a lot of quotes, if I'm being honest. Okay, no, that's fine. Um, and how does it, how do you feel about like the teachings of the Bible? I mean. You know, considering, well, you know, everybody has their own arguments. You know, there, there's people that claim that, you know, someone like yourself, there's something completely wrong with it. Then there's other people that point out scripture. No, see, that that points out, points out to it being okay. So I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I mean, the Bible is a fascinating drama. <laughs> but, <laughs> is that, uh, that's what you call it? Yeah. Okay. I think people have different interpretations, though, and some of them definitely hurt people. And mm-hmm. yeah. But you, you find that there's some things that you do um, agree with that you do think are positive? or I think there's stuff of value in there, but I do think people, you know, they can twist it and take it all different ways, and it's been translated so many times that what I've gotten, who knows where it, what it started as or what mm-hmm. it really meant anyway. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that people forget, no matter um, how you look at it. It it was written by man. It was rewritten by man how many times? And there are psychological studies. That's what I studied. I've got a master's in psych. And you can have somebody present a a particular uh, writing word for word and pass it on to the next person. By the time you get to the 20th person, it doesn't resemble what the person wrote the first time. And you could say the same thing probably about the Bible. Over the decades, over the centuries, man has reinterpreted it to suit their own beliefs and needs. And once you pound it into somebody's head enough times, they believe it, right? Right. <laughs> so I would be, it would be so cool to travel back in time to where it was written for the first time and see what it looks like then compared to today. It would be interesting. Not, I wouldn't know what, I don't know uh, Latin, though. So. No, I, I don't either, and I, I don't plan on trying to learn. No. I went through enough just learning Spanish and a couple other languages in school. Yeah. I can only imagine. But um, we need to squeeze in a few more songs. We're running out of time here. I'm going to see that banjo Yeah, I, I was thinking I'll switch over. I had a whole bunch of songs um, talking more than I was ready for. 
which ah. is a good thing. I like I've never been interviewed, so. All right, so we'll give you a minute to change over. I'll just remind people that this is 11 Mile Sessions Live, if you can't see it on the screen there right now. And we have Dahmer's Breakfast doing a live performance for us. We're going to switch over from the acoustic guitar to the banjo. And um, this is uh, the final show of the year, as we said before. Can't believe it already. Next uh, week is going to be January. And we're going to have Matt Henderson doing a live performance for us then. So make sure you mark your calendars for that. But we want to squeeze in a few more tracks. We've got um, almost 15 minutes left, so that should be time to get something in there. How did you start playing the banjo? <laughs> um, I asked for one for Christmas one year because <laughs> I really wanted it. I thought it was the most beautiful instrument. And I was lucky enough to get it, so then since then I've been playing the banjo. It's a little harder to play than the guitar, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Took you a little longer to figure it out? Definitely. Mm. Uh, and when I started playing, I was kind of playing it like the guitar most of the time. And even now, I don't really do any proper banjo style, even though I've been spending a little more time trying to learn those in the last few years. But I was just drumming it at first like a guitar. Right. But you're not going to end up on Hee Haw anytime soon, then. <laughs> What's Hee Haw? <laughs> Oh, you are making me feel old. Thank you. <laughs> it was a show that was on for decades. It was like a musical variety act. They told jokes. They played music. I mean, legitimate music. And it was all kinds of country artists. They played um, bluegrass music. They played banjos. Uh, there was a gentleman named Roy Clark that finger-picked his guitar that was just totally amazing. Anybody that was anybody in the music field in the country uh, was on that show back then. Johnny Cash was on there more than once, hamming it up with the uh, the crew. You look it up. You, you it could, sounds like a good show. You could actually you can watch uh, episodes on YouTube if you look it up. Hee haw. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna do a song about how the Rockefellers started Big Pharma. Here's another story I've got for you. This one, it's about Rockefellers. How John D. started Big Pharma and became the bestseller. And not just of Standard Oil, but of how we think. So get ready to open your eyes. You'll miss it if you blink. 1902, he started the General Education Board, costing $129 million. With the agenda of keeping his power, he created his own kind of scholar. I don't want a nation of thinkers, I want a nation of workers. That's a direct quote from him. Anyway, it made it all the easier when he got up to something real grim. With Carnegie, he funded the Flexner Report, originally published in 1910. Calling for major reform in medical education, wiping out the books that had been studied till then. These were mostly focused on holistic practice, natural and herbal medicines too. But Rockefeller heard he could make drugs from oil, using it as the glue. Then, after the reports went out, more than half of medical colleges closed. Practicing natural medicine became illegal, they called it quackery, but some opposed. Those who still practiced the traditional way, all of them, they got arrested. Rockefeller then donated millions to schools and himself he invested. The donations were made with the agreement to put his men on their boards. 
to only study his approved curriculum so he could move himself towards world domination by scheming us all through homogenizing medical education. By 1939, he was funding Nazis with money from Rockefeller Foundation, used to purchase part of IG Farben, the German chemical giants now bear. Auschwitz was 100% subsidiary of it for Rockefeller eugenics. <coughs> That's just one word. Anyway, soon Rockefeller found out the oil and the pills cause cancer. But he hid this information from us and came up with his own answer. He founded the American Cancer Society and criminalized most kinds of treatments. The Rockefeller family still owns half a pharma interest. My disillusionment is now frequent. Why is micro only two countries that can advertise drugs? Do you ever think about that? Oil still in 99% of our pills are using it as combat. Hmm. Nice. Okay, I'll 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 let you slide on the hee haw thing. But you know who Steve Martin is, right? I do. Okay. You know he plays banjo. Mm-hmm. You ever seen or heard his performances? I have. He is really, really good, isn't he? When, He's great. When you first hear Steve Martin playing banjo, you figure it's just going to be something silly, right? Mm -hmm. But I think he's actually won a Grammy, at least one anyway. I hope so. He's a, he's a serious player. Yeah, he, he doesn't normally um, play around here. I know I was working up north in Midland for about a year, and he actually came. I didn't get a chance to see him, but he p performed live in whatever their largest, you know, facility was in Midland. He, he came with someone else. I forgot the name, but, uh, yeah, he's been playing a long time. So, okay. Yeah, I would have never thought the type of stuff that you do, you know, in banjo. <laughs> but interesting, interesting. Okay, let's keep it going. Uh, we want to squeeze in at least two or three more before we get out of here. All right. Sex calls for damnation if it's not for pro 
your one in there next. You sure? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not maybe not happy, but it's a little uh, less devastating because it's uh, only devastating maybe for me, but also positive instead of this. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. There are some sorts of spiders who have the coolest sex. Their bodies are unique, so it can be complex. There's lots of legs involved with these spiders. many feel-good songs. In but an I, odd sort of way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, like we've talked about earlier, I guess it's cathartic for you, so that yeah. works, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, when you think about some, the way uh, some insects mate, it's it's not pretty, you know? <laughs> well, I think it's pretty cool. Well, it's cool, it's interesting, but I don't know about pretty. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate you coming down and playing for us, hanging out. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. My pleasure. Uh, so I think, um, I don't know, depending on the length, do we have time for one more, two more? What do you think? At least one more, and then we'll check the time after. Okay. What would you like to do for us now? Um, I will do a song called Mothership that's based on Eileen Wernos' last words.
it good evening happy new year from both of us happy new year thank you for having me on the show oh you're very welcome i had fun i'm glad i'm glad to hear that